Well, dear church family, this Lord's Day, I've entitled this sermon, Lessons from the Angels' Doxology. Lessons from the Angels' Doxology, because this is what we see in our text today in verses 13 and 14. And perhaps for those who are a bit younger in the faith, a doxology is a form of worship and praise and magnifying and glorifying God. And this is what we see from the angel and all the hosts of angels here. Verses 13 and 14 says, And suddenly there was with the angel, and it is in no doubt to me that this was the angel Gabriel, of course with a context of Luke, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And one can only imagine that scene upon that holy night in which the Saviour was born. There was these lowly shepherds abiding in a field at night And they were keeping watch over their flock. And we're told in verse 9 that the angel, that is the angel Gabriel, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone around about them and they were sore afraid. To give us in our mind's eye, as it were, a a sense of that occasion, Hebrews 1.6 furnishes us with something of this glory when it says, And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. So we have a sense of this great occasion upon uh, the incarnation of our Lord and Saviour. And so not only are these shepherds given notice of the Saviour's birth, as it were, by one of God's highest ranking and most powerful angels, Gabriel. But in a sense, we see the, the, a multitude, a great choir, as it were, of heaven, reverently worshipping and proclaiming the, this a great announcement to the world of the Saviour's birth. And we're not, we're, we're not only given that, But we're also told that the glory of the Lord shone about them. The glory of the Lord shone about them. When I think of the glory of the Lord, and there are many passages which we can think of of the glory of the Lord, but I think of perhaps people like Saul. Remember that persecutor of God's God's people when suddenly that blinding light came from heaven upon that Damascus road when the Lord confronted him. And he fell to the ground as one dead as it it were. The glory of the Lord was upon him. And I I think in in a different sense of people like Peter. When it dawned upon him. When on on that ship as it were. When seeing that draught of fish upon the Saviour's words. And it dawned upon him who Christ who Jesus was, that this was indeed the Son of the living God. And he said, didn't he, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. There was a sense here 
of who the Lord was, of his holiness, of his magnificent glory. And no doubt a sheer sense of the Lord's holiness and magnificent glory were upon these lowly shepherds as well, upon that holy night. With the angel Gabriel accompanied a vast multitude of of a heavenly host praising God and proclaiming this wonderful news, the best and greatest news the world has ever known. And so along with the angel of the Lord and the glory of the Lord, there was this great heavenly choir of angels praising God. So I just want to give us the sense here of this occasion. And no wonder why the shepherds were struck with this holy fear. They were sore afraid. Well, what was this threefold anthem and praise, this doxology which the angels, as it were, teach us? This great heavenly host we're proclaiming. Well, firstly, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Let God have all the honour and glory for the saviour of the world's birth. This is, this is the highest, the highest work of God. These good tidings of great joy, which which shall be to all people, yes, to God's people, the Jews, but also the world's hope to all people. The work of God's redemption is the greatest and most glorious work that the world has ever seen, friends. It, is, it far surpasses all the works of men. We think of all these grand projects and buildings costing billions of pounds going throughout the world. It far surpasses all these works. We think of God's own creation, creating the earth and the heavens and all therein. God's work of redemption for any poor lost sinner is the, is the highest It's the highest glory, as it were, that the world's ever seen. The salvation of a poor lost sinner is the highest possible work of God. Hence, glory to God in the highest. It's the highest glory. And hence why John the Baptist leaped in Elizabeth's womb upon the hearing of Mary's salutation. Hence why Simeon, when taking up the child Jesus in his arms, said, Lord, now lettest thy servant, servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. And hence why we're told in Luke 15, 10, that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Oh, the, the angels, all the angels rejoice over one sinner that repenteth. And in Revelation 5, in John's heavenly vision, we're told of a great heavenly host of 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands upon thousands, all reverently worshipping and falling down with the elders falling upon their faces and glorifying God for this so wonderful redemption. When they said in verse 12, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and blessing. Friends, this will be heaven's eternal praise and highest 
glory and anthem. The, the glory of what the Lamb of God has done for us. Isaiah 61 says, Arise, shine, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. The good news of the gospel and the great joy concerning the Saviour, friends, is expressly associated with the glory of God. It is intimately connected with the glory of God, the highest glory. The question is really, is Christ your highest praise and glory in your life? Has there been a time in your life where everything else has paled into insignificance and God has the chiefest spot, as it were, in your heart? He has the highest praise and glory. He, he has become the greatest joy in your heart because the two are connected friends if if you cannot say if you cannot say yes to this you are yet to be converted if you cannot say that christ is your greatest joy and highest glory you are yet dead in your sins your heart is not yet right with with your makers you are not yet ready for christ's return because his name is above every name in a believer's heart. The holy text says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Is that how we feel? I hope most of us feel like that this Lord's Day. It's all about him. It's all about his glory. It's not about my kingdom come anymore. It's about thy kingdom come. It's about your will in my life. I'm living for you now, Lord. I'm living for your glory. You've changed my heart. You saved me from all my sins. My life is dedicated to thee. Like the Apostle Paul, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You've got the highest glory in my life. Thy kingdom come. And so, friends, is this our heart's cry this morning? Is this how we're approaching a new, a new year as the, if the Lord should tarry? Well, the angel's doxology and proclamation of the Lord's incarnation teach us quite clearly that the great joy which shall be to all people, yes, to God's covenanted people, Israel, but also all the people upon the face of the world, the world, all tribes as it were. It is a pure and a holy joy, a God-honoring and a God-glorifying joy here. No other joy would a holy angel of the Lord proclaim than that of a pure and holy and reverent joy. Tomorrow and for a few days, every year there are vast amount of people vast amounts of secular people and also i would say nominal christians who will flood into the churches as it were and this is a good thing don't get me wrong we 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 uh take as as it were this great occasion and who pretend to exhibit a joy in the remembrance of the savior's birth many millions 
But on the morrow, a few days later, they take no pleasure at all in the Lord. They take no pleasure in his words of eternal life. They are not challenged by his words. This type of temporary joy, friends, is a sentimental, deceiving joy. It is not a heavenly joy. It's a hellish joy. It's a joy of the earth. The joy described by God's holy messengers is a great joy. It's a God-honoring and God-glorifying joy. The words are emphatic here. It's a great joy. It's the best joy and glory the human heart can ever experience. The words are emphatic. It is is the greatest possible joy the human heart can experience. I know this was true of me. When I was was converted, and I know this is true of of every poor sinner here who has been truly saved, it's the greatest joy that you can experience. Greater than all the fleeting, passing joys of this world. It puts everything into perspective. It puts everything into perspective. Earthly joy, friends, is small. And it's fleeting. It's temporary. And its glory is fading. Christ's salvation, however, brings a lasting, pure, holy, God-honoring, God-glorifying joy whose glory has been ringing down the ages ever since the Lord has come. Do you know something of this great joy and glory, this highest glory, as it were, living and reigning in your heart, not just for a few days, but every day, every day, you put on the helmet of your salvation and you love the Lord and you seek to glorify the Lord in everything. Has the love of God through Christ conquered your heart with power through the Holy Spirit. It's got to be that case, friends. God will never be a backup. So many millions of people treat the Lord Jesus Christ like a backup, like a lackey, like a lackey. I'll just, the things I want from him, that's it. God is no lackey. He's no backup, as it were. He's my life. He's my life. He's given everything to me. So he gets the highest glory and the greatest joy in my life. Thou who is rich beyond all splendor, all for love's sake became as poor. Yes, poor for you and me in a very personal way. I think often sometimes we miss this truth of the gospel. It's a personal thing, friends. So many people have a head knowledge with all the theology, with all the books, as it were, people have this head knowledge. They know so many truths of the gospel, but it never affects their hearts. It never sinks down to actually, to seeing Christ. They hear, but they don't act upon it. Friends, this is a personal thing between God and man. Who gave up thrones for a manger, as the hymn says, and sapphire paved courts for a stable floor. Wherefore have the shepherds left flocks on the mountain steep? Why do those shepherds who would would have never left those sheep sheep on that dark night, they left it because the great shepherd had come. The shepherd of the sheep had come. Christ had come. Because the promised 
shepherd of Israel had come. The light of the world had come and they went to see. And that great shepherd of the sheep. And friends, this brings us to our second anthem of praise and declaration by this great heavenly host concerning Christ's incarnation. Glory to God in the highest, firstly, and secondly, and on earth, peace, and on earth, peace. This peace spoken of here is not just an outward peace. This is an inward peace. This is a peace for the soul. This is a reconciling peace. I'm reconciled with God through his son. Emmanuel, God with us, God in me. I have this peace now, which the world does not understand, that passes all understanding. There are many, of course, truths I can speak about in terms of this text here today, but surely the mention of shepherds and of David, who too was a shepherd and a king, surely the mention of these should excite within us why the Son of God came into this sinful world some 2,020 years ago. Friends, our sin by nature has separated us from a holy God. There is a great gulf between us and God by nature because we have rebelled from our Maker. All we like sheep have gone astray. There's a great gulf between us and God because of our sin. Isaiah 48, 22 says, There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. By nature, our hearts are desperately wicked. That's what the Bible teaches. We don't, we're not born with a good heart. We're born with a heart that hates God, that does not want God to reign over our life. This is us by nature, friends. We are desperately wicked by nature, our hearts. Yes, we may have all the, the civility, as it were, But you talk the name of Christ. You speak to someone about the gospel and about their sin. And you see that servility break down very quickly. Our hearts by nature are not right with our maker, with our God. We suppress the truth as we've been learning in our study in Romans. We suppress the truth in unrighteousness. We push it down. We want it out the way, out of sight. That's why we we have so-called a hundred types of gender ridiculous we suppress it we we oppose it we don't want that man to reign over us Christ we don't want God in our hearts in our lives by nature we push it out the way as it were we stop the mouth of conscience the mouth that God speaks if you're if you're stopping the mouth of conscience you're blocking the mouth of God friends he speaks to us through conscience, through our hearts. Are we listening to him? All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. We have wandered far and wide from the good shepherd of our souls. Dear friends, all of us by nature have done this. We are like sheep. We think it's greener on the other side. We look upon the Hollywood ideals. We look upon the cultural ideals. And and soon as we're born into this world, we're we're pushed into that direction. This is what you need to get in your life. Get yourself a white picket fence. Get yourself these ideals, this car, these securities. And you're set, as, as it were. This push and push, as it were. Just to be consumed with the creature and not the creator. 
And we are all like this. We think the grass is greener on the other side. We are as foolish sheep scattered abroad and lost upon the barren plains of this soon to be burnt up world. And this is us, friends, by nature. We are as sheep without a shepherd. Our souls, friends, are in great eternal peril because, because we have not hearkened to the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. By nature, we're all like that. Jesus Christ said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, came from the glorious courts and mansions of glory to live that perfect life that you and I can never live. Willingly came and suffered in our place, took the sinner's place upon that cross. The sin that we deserve to be punished for, that we deserve to, to endure, he took the sinner's place. He bore our sin and our hell on that cross. The, the, the wrath of God the Father was poured out upon the Son, the Savior of the world, for your sin, for my sin, in a personal way. Not just for some of them, not just for parsons, a complete forgiveness is given. All of your sins, friends, sins of your heart, sins of your mind, God is just. He has to punish sin. Not one of those will be allowed unto heaven. The good shepherd gave his life, his holy, blemishless, spotless life for all of your sins. Praise the Lord. You've got, if you're trusting him now, you've got his righteousness. Put upon your account, the debt of sin is paid. That is peace, friends. That is peace on earth. That is peace that puts everything into perspective. That is peace and love that will change your life irrevocably. There is a way for you to have true lasting peace with your maker. Upon earth, yes, upon this sinful, uh, restless earth. Yes, in the world we're told that we will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, Christ has overcome the world. He has overcome the world. He has overcome all of our enemies, all of our sin, sin, the devil, the world, the pull of the world. And he has satisfied the divine wrath of his father upon that. And he's done it in a very personal way for you. Friends, there's no peace without Christ. There's no back door into glory, as it were. There's many professing Christians who this day are seeking to get into heaven through a back door. So long as your heart remains in this world like Lot's wife, friends, there is no peace for you. You, you must be more interested in eternity. I'm not saying that we do not fail and fall, we as Christians. But your highest joy and glory must be in the Lord and in his kingdom and the eternity to come. We're just passing through. We're on enemy territory here. This, this, this world is not our friend. It's hostile to our faith. The good shepherd has laid down his holy life for you. Yes, for you. Your name was written upon his heart. This, like I said, is a very personal, friends. It's personal. Let not, let not this be a head knowledge, please. I had a head, not head knowledge right throughout my teen years. I heard the gospel over and over. It was a head knowledge. 
And I went off, as it were. I knew much of the truth, but I just went off. It never affected my heart. I never went to see, as it were, by faith. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, the Saviour. Verse 11, for unto you, this is personal, between you and your God. Remember the publican, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. I deserve your wrath. I am a sinner. Be merciful to me. Has it reached your heart, friends, this message in a personal way? The incarnation of Christ brings us nigh unto God. It bridges the gap that sin has made in our lives. Christ the good shepherd stood in the sinner's place and bore the sinner's doom on that cross of Calvary. He paid for every one of your sins on that cross of Calvary. He bore the wrath of God which you and I deserve. The everlasting covenant of grace foretold in the Old Testament scriptures. All the promises of God concerning the Saviour have both been fulfilled in Christ. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. The Messiah has come. Israel's glory, the world's hope has come. He came not for you to carry on with your life as it were, as so many professors do. Just carry on with your life as it were, living away from God in unbelief or have God as a backup plan. And I'm sorry to keep on mentioning this, but this is a problem with our Christianity in the West. He's a backup. I just, I'll choose the bits that are convenient to my lifestyle. Christ is the highest glory in my life. He's the greatest joy in my life. My heart and my life is enveloped around him. And when I fall, it grieves me. It brings me to tears that I could treat such a wonderful saviour. But I know I'm forgiven. I know I have this peace with God. He came to seek and save that which is lost. He came to set the prisoner free from being a slave to their sin and their impulses. He came to raise the sons and daughters to newness of life. To give us a second birth. He didn't come for us just to carry on living for the here and now. He came to give us a new birth. To be born again of the Spirit of God. To affect our hearts. That our lives are dedicated to Him in everything. This is peace on earth, friends. This is true peace on earth. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Christ said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Christ's peace, friends, it passes all understanding. It's the great leveler in our lives, is it not? And you who know the Lord know this to be true. Well, thirdly and finally, the heavenly choir not only proclaimed Firstly, the glory to God in the highest. And secondly, on earth, peace. But also goodwill. Goodwill toward men, thirdly. John Calvin said, or oh, this 
that the Latin, the Latin Vulgate has goodwill in the genitive case, which is to mean men, to, which means men, men of goodwill. And he said, this is, that has been corrupted. That must be rejected. There's nothing good in us by nature. There's no, no good thing can we bring to the table of salvation, as it were. The goodwill toward men here through the angel's proclamation is speaking of the source of peace that is the free gift and flows from the pure mercy of God's of God through Christ. The goodwill toward men here is speaking of God's willingness to bestow undeserved grace and favor on men and women who formerly were odds against God. This has all got to do with the Lord. You see, and his grace and mercy to us sinners. Rejoice then. Rejoice ye who now feel your need of the Savior. Rejoice that you feel your need of Christ. That the good shepherd is speaking to you. That he has revealed himself to you through his grace. Rejoice, dear friends, in that. Rejoice that you hear the shepherd's voice calling you to follow him to leave all behind you and to follow him the shepherd said in verse 15 let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord have made known unto us the Lord have made known unto us we heard it we heard it because the Lord have made it known unto us and we're going to go see it now Faith in action here, friends. And if it be so be, friends, that the Lord have made known himself to you here today, come to the house of bread, like the shepherds did. Come to Bethlehem, ye who thirst and hunger after righteousness. See the bread of life born for you that you may never hunger and never thirst spiritually again anymore. Who gives you eternal life in him come to him today seek him with all your heart and you'll be found in him the man who is born again so sorry ye who thirst after righteousness friends the you the complete forgiveness of sins is yours that the new birth is yours the man who is born again endeavors to live by god's will by god's grace 1 John 2, 29, everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. He wants to do that which pleases God and avoids that which God hates. Well, let us who know of God's highest glory and lasting peace within our hearts, by the grace of God, show it in the joyful worship and praise of God every day. For so wonderful a saviour, not just a few days every year, but every day. Let us no more have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For our saviour and king has said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Amen. 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 Feel free to contact us at Sovereign Grace Church in Tiverton. Email us at grace2seekers at gmail.com. 
That's grace2seekers at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can visit our website at www.sovereigngracereformedchurch.co.uk.